Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 37 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a review of ethics and compliance program trends from two recent surveys and studies. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Today, we will review two recent surveys or studies concerning latest ethics and compliance program trends. Before we begin, I want to remind you that my law firm, the Volkoff Law Group, offers ethics and compliance services to companies. Our services include a broad range of uh, offerings, including uh, design and implementation of compliance programs, including anti-corruption, sanctions and export compliance, anti-money laundering, antitrust and healthcare compliance, and data privacy compliance, risk and compliance program assessments and remediation plans, testing and audit of compliance programs, due diligence services and third-party risk management systems, including onboarding of third parties, monitoring programs and audit programs, training programs and delivering of training sessions via webinars, via remote remote locations, and in-person presentations. And finally, design and implementation of internal investigation programs, including protocols, templates, training, and other issues. Well, the first study I wanted to review is LRN's 2018 Ethics and Compliance Program Effectiveness Report. Uh, Shorthand is usually the the PEI uh, report, but LRN's annual report is usually informative and helpful on a number of cutting-edge ethics and compliance program issues, and I'd urge you to go to its site and download the report. LRN's research has consistently shown that an organization dedicated to principled values will exhibit superior performance across its operations. The sustainable benefits touch areas such as innovation, customer satisfaction, higher level of employee engagement, and reduced levels of misconduct and higher rates of reporting misconduct. LRN's work demonstrates the effective tie between values-based governance models culture, and leadership, and correlates with more effective ethics and compliance programs. Its 2018 report is excellent. Again, I would urge you to download a copy of it. And it explains that uh, values-based ENC ethics and compliance programs work better because the underlying principles and beliefs inform all organizational decisions, not just those that are made in a legal or regulatory context. Examples of value-based behavior include terminating a high-performing executive who abuses his or her position, not doing business with a connected local partner that may uh, be awash in corruption rumors, and frankly, analyzing in-house misconduct and its causes. Actions speak louder than any words in establishing an ethical workplace. High-performing programs outscored other programs by a wide margin when it came to taking concrete steps to operationalize ethics and compliance consistent with the Justice Department criteria. Such programs are embedded in business operations rather than merely codified into a set of elaborate rules. High-performing programs embrace usually accountability and transparency, even when it means holding senior leaders or successful performers accountable for their actions. 
In companies with such programs, senior leaders, middle managers, and boards of directors are engaged in preventing misconduct. The function of prevention is not left exclusively to lawyers or compliance staff and policies and procedures and training. Um, You make all of that accessible to everyone, but you integrate it into the company operations. For example, high-performing programs constantly evaluate their effectiveness and embrace necessary change. Values-based programs continuously evolve and improve. So LRN's 2018 PEI report, that's the shorthand that I refer to it as, uh, concluded that high-performing programs, like I mentioned, focused on values as well as rules. As one chief ENC officer is quoted is saying, quote, you cannot have a rule for every occasion that may arise, but you can have a value that will guide behavior, close quote. The 2018 report includes a number of key detailed findings. One, the most effective ethics and compliance programs are embedded in the business. High-performing ethics and compliance programs often led to modification or even abandonment of business initiatives that created significant risks or risk factors. Two, the most effective ethics and compliance programs emphasize accountability and transparencies. These programs perform root cause analyses when misconduct occurs. Three, high-performing organizations use data analytics to identify potential misconduct and and follow up on red flags uh, to resolve them. Four, when misconduct occurs, high-performing organizations communicate with employees regarding lessons learned and remediation measures it has taken. Five, reporting rates and speak-up rates increase with high-performing ethics and compliance programs. Senior and middle managers, and as well as the board of directors, play an important role in preventing misconducts. High-performing organization senior leaders walk the walk as well as talk the talk of supporting ethics and help operationalize compliance by a variety of techniques. One, focusing on organization values in their communications. Two, integrating ethics and compliance considerations into business planning and decisions such as operations reviews, mergers and acquisitions, and new business ventures. Three, taking responsibility and action regarding compliance failures. And four, supporting effective sanctions or penalties on senior executives and high performers in the sales sphere, especially involved in misconduct, balancing aggressive business goals with the risk of misconduct in achieving them. Middle managers operationalize uh, high-performing ethics and compliance programs by dealing effectively with uh, ethics and compliance concerns raised by their teams, two, initiating open discussions of ethical issues in meetings or employee forums, three, taking ethical issues into account when reviewing or promoting their employees, four, taking responsibility and action for compliance failures, and five, identifying and managing ethics and compliance risks in their business operations. Now, high-performing ethics and compliance programs usually have more effective boards of directors, obviously. They typically include some of these factors. One, private sessions with the audit, ethics and compliance, or other control functions. Two, instituting a direct reporting channel from the chief uh, ethics and compliance officer to the board or to a committee thereof. Three, holding senior executives accountable regarding misconduct and implementation of remedial controls. 
Four, reviewing the results of employee surveys and or cultural assessments pertaining to ethics. Five, education training sessions for the board on critical E&C issues, and those should be held regularly. Six, review of E&C budget to ensure adequacy and risk remediation. And seven, review and input into compensation and bonus awards for the ethics and compliance team. Training programs at high-performing ethics and compliance programs basically uh, have to cover five or six Uh, five basic issues. One, they have to communicate organizational values as well as rules. They have to be delivered in flexible formats, meaning, you know, use videos, ethical conversation kits, short burst topics, uh, make it interesting and make it short. Provide training that's translated into all local languages spoken by employees. Test employee knowledge and retention of training content, and that is an important factor. And make accessible updated information 24-7 on key regulatory developments such as sanctions, anti-bribery, export controls, AML, uh, all of these types of issues that you want to keep, and data privacy in particular, uh, you want to keep updated information. And and offer offer training that will work on mobile devices. People use those iPads, uh, iPhones, and what other phones they have uh, to access a lot of these training uh, modules. So effective compliance programs highlight behavior, not just rules, and they incentivize and reward ethical conduct and penalize misconduct. So how are ways that we can positively uh, recognize ethical conduct or leadership? One, in performance reviews. Two, organization-wide communications. Three, organization-wide awards. Four, written commendations. Five, bonus allocations. Well, that's, those are some of the highlights from the PEI LRN 2018 report. I now wanted to turn to a report that I wrote about on the blog about the Ethics and Compliance Initiative, which recently released the result of its Global Business Ethics Survey. The last survey was conducted in 2017, and ECI's survey provides important and valuable insights into corporate metrics and compliance, focusing on misconduct issues. The survey was conducted in late 2016 and 2017. Thirteen countries were selected, Brazil, China, France, Germany, India, Italy, Japan, Mexico, Russia, South Korea, Spain, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Five of these additional countries were added in 2017. The report outlined several important trends. Rates of observed misconduct Uh, within all the survey respondents, have declined since 2013. 69% of those who observed misconduct ended up reporting the misconduct. This result was good and positive news. However, this positive news was tempered by several other findings in the report. One in five uh, employees indicated that their company has a strong ethical culture. Approximately 40% of employees define their company's ethical culture as weak or leaning weak. These culture findings are not surprising, but still underwhelming. With the newfound focus on corporate culture and the aggressive enforcement environment, I would have expected this result to be a little bit higher. 
Approximately 16% of employees reported pressure to cut corners and compromise ethical standards, and another 33% of employees observed misconduct. The rates of observed misconduct and pressure to compromise standards was highest in, and this is not going to surprise you, Brazil, India, and Russia. Brazil reported pressure and observed misconduct rates of 47 and 43 percent, respectively. India reported pressure and observed misconduct rates of 40 and 40 percent, respectively. And Russia reported pressure and observed misconduct rates of 33 and 45 percent, respectively. Most troubling from the report, and this is probably the most negative part of the report and also the most troubling uh, overall in terms of ethics and compliance trends, is the percentage of employees who are reporting retaliation. 44% who reported uh, uh, misconduct also suffered retaliation. That's an increase from 22% rate of retaliation reported in 2013. Most employees who experienced retaliation reported that it occurred within three weeks of reporting the concern. Now, that points out the importance of protecting uh, your whistleblowers or complainants, uh, especially during the first month uh, after the report uh, occurs. The rise in reporting and retaliation rates is a really interesting result and may indicate that employees reporting may decline in the short term. Interestingly, employees at companies that identified themselves as a supplier, that is, providing goods and services to other companies, not consumers, had higher rates of observed misconduct and experienced more retaliation. Similarly, multinational corporations reported higher rates of observed misconduct and retaliation. There is no question that pressure rates can be a leading indicator of future misconduct. A company that instills a culture of cutting corners is likely to experience a significant increase in misconduct rates. The private sector reported that 23% of top managers and 32% of middle managers were involved in bribery. The reports of bribery and corruption misconduct were highest in India, China, Germany, and South Korea. Almost one in five employees in the private sector reported observing bribery misconduct. Another interesting finding by ECI was the fact that organizations undergoing significant changes experienced more compliance shortfalls and risks to the organization increased. This is not surprising since corporate leadership and managers at companies undergoing change are likely to focus on the implementation of changes and pay less attention to ethics and compliance issues and the stress that is, uh, results from such change among the workforce. Well, those are two important studies. We'll return with more on another occasion, but uh, I wanted to bring uh, to light all of these uh, findings and trends for you to consider in your program. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. 
You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your